the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. There are two ways to live the Christian life. Only two ways to live. According to the flesh, according to the spirit. Now, if you walk and live according to the flesh, you have just opened yourself up and become vulnerable to every possible temptation. That's right, every temptation. Jesus was tempted in all things, but because Jesus refused to walk according to the flesh, nothing touched him. He continually kept his focus upon who he was in in the Father. And he said, you know what? It's not about what you can do for me, Satan. It's about what the Father wants from me. I'm going to live in the truth of how God made me to live. I'm going to live as the Savior, the Messiah, the coming answer, the sacrificial lamb. And I'm going to live every day in complete dependence upon you. Now, if you looked in the mirror today and thought to yourself, you know, I'm a pretty handsome fellow, or I'm a pretty woman, then you probably thought of yourself according to the flesh, right? What you saw in the mirror wasn't you. What you saw in the mirror was something different. You know, in, in funerals, you often hear them say the verse, or quote the verse, to be absent from the body is to be where? But very, very rarely do they state the obvious which is pointed out by that very scripture. You're not the body. You're not the body. They could get a lot of freedom in a, in a funeral service if they just recognize that. Now, you are not the body. But when you walk according to the flesh, you see yourself that way. That is what is going on in the church in Ephesus. Now, we're going to talk about, in the second chapter First Timothy, we're going to talk about the woman's role in the church. But let me just say from the outset, those of you men who are sharpening your elbows, I want you to know that this has to do with role, just as it would if I were talking to you. And either one, either gender, if you live according to the flesh, you're living outside of your role. If you live according to the spirit, you're fulfilling that role. Now, do you understand that? So we're looking at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. This is where Paul addresses the role of the women in church. 
And I want all of you to keep in mind as we go through this, this should be on the forefront of your mind, this is not about identity. People get out of shape with this first because they make it about identity. This is not about identity. This is about the role of a woman in the church. Now, we struggle with our roles in life when we ignore the truth of our identity. Don't you think that's true? We struggle with where God has placed us when we struggle with our identity. Roles are assigned by God for his purposes. There are no greater or lesser roles because they are God-ordained, particularly in gender. And today, the whole question of the role of the woman in any setting is the battlefield as it has become the battle for identity. The modern church has seemingly capitulated to society in its view of this and has twisted doctrine to soothe society's demand for their distorted view of equality. So some are even reinterpreting scripture to suit society's viewpoint. Some are even advocating that scripture should be ignored in this regard because they reflect Paul's personal bias and the norms of an ancient society. The church, who should be the guardian and the standard of truth, has begun to give way on this very subject. So we're going to go to the Word of God and trust the Spirit of God to reveal the truth and to make it plain to our souls, because only He can do that. Now, it is the work of the enemy to marginalize the Word of God and bring it into question, and he's done it with this more than just about anything. God has designated roles both for men and women. They are not about value, they're not about importance, but about honoring God and knowing Him through the role that He has given you. And this is what you need to remember. It is the best, that role is the best vantage point for you to know Him. It is the context in which He has chosen. He has chosen to grow and mature you. You won't be fulfilled in any other role. It is your place to be blessed. It is your place to be nurtured. It is your place to be protected. It is your place to be fulfilled and to walk in the confidence of his perfect plan for you. Now that's the truth of your role. Now let's look and review the context of 1 Timothy. And you remember it's not unlike the, the situation at the Corinthian church. For those of you who went through those books with me, it's very much the same. And this is a letter that Paul has written to his son in the faith, Timothy. And Paul has just been released from his first imprisonment in Rome. And the Lord impresses him to revisit some of the churches that he had founded and discipled. And obviously with good reason. Paul had gotten wind of trouble in the Ephesian church. And even before he had left and he was there discipling for three years, even before he left, he warned the Ephesians that the false teachers would come. The deceivers would come among them like wolves among sheep. Well, that must have fallen on deaf ears because these deceivers were there, and they sought to distort and twist the word of God and to lead them astray and to enslave them. Now, any time the enemy gets a hold and begins to quote scripture at you, it is because he intends to enslave you. He will distort it, either through context or through the word itself. But he will never speak the truth. Even the leadership 
The elders, the pastors, and the deacons were becoming affected by this. The church had become carnal, and they were following false doctrine. And as I pointed out to you, when you walk according to the flesh, you're a sucker for it. You're ready to receive it. Because any doctrine that will endorse your walking in the flesh, you will embrace it in that context. You will desire to hear more of it. It'll be all about what you can do for you and what God can do for you. It'll be a man-centered gospel. So Paul and Timothy, they met up in Ephesus, and, and then Paul went to the church in Ephesus and personally confronted Hymenaeus and Alexanders, who were, who were two leaders in the church, and he put them out. We read about that. And then he left Timothy there to continue the work of correction and teaching true doctrine. Now, this is one of the letters that Paul wrote to Timothy to encourage him and to keep his focus in this daunting task that he left him with, to keep his mind's eye upon the truth, to keep him walking in faith. This was a hard task for Timothy, not to walk in faith, but to confront and deal with the distortion and the wickedness in this church. The Holy Spirit, through the pen of Paul, is laying down the proper structure for godly behavior in the church. I want you to understand that this is not Paul's personal bias, as some libertines would have you believe. This is the Spirit of God creating a template for the early church. Okay, So here's what we know. God demands reverence. He demands decorum and order in worship among his children. That's not just the Baptist or the Episcopals or whatever. That is God's desire. Because whether we recognize it or not, we're coming corporately before the throne of God, a place of a holiness, a place of reverence, a place where not even the angels dare to look upon him. We don't come in fear. We come in reverence and in love to embrace all that he is. And we're going to talk about what God expects as we go along in here, or what he's put in his word. This is not about law versus grace. This is about what it should look like when God's children are worshiping in spirit and in truth. It's about living in the fullness of grace through the obedience of faith. In this chapter, there are indicators that some of the women were living immoral lives, and some had become gossips and idle tale-bearers. And in 2 Timothy, Paul addresses silly women who were laden with lust and easily led astray. Again, if you're walking according to the flesh, you're easily led astray. You're already in the neighborhood. They were living in their flesh. They were giving way to vanity and pride and the glory of flesh. And like today, they minimize the role of the woman in humility and grace. They despise the submissive and the nurturer of the young. They were being encouraged to be bold, assertive, confrontive, competitive, and independent. So as one author put it, there were improprieties, impurities, and immoralities in the women of the church. They were coming to church to flaunt themselves, dressing so as to distract others. And you know, you've kind of left the reservation when you begin to come to church for what church gives to you. That's a lot of people. 
that shop for a church and they will even tell you, I go for what it will give me. We don't come to church for what it gives us. We come to church to put ourselves corporately before the throne of God, to receive, yes, from his hands, absolutely, but to worship him first and foremost. Paul began calling the church to faith and prayer, and we covered that last week. Now I want to read the text to you, and we'll begin to look at each verse. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8-15. through 15. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, Lifting holy hands without anger and disputing or quarreling or doubt in their mind. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves modestly and appropriately and discreetly in proper clothing. Not with elaborately braided hair and gold or pearls or expensive clothes. But instead adorned by good deeds, helping others as is proper for women who profess to worship God. A woman must quietly receive instruction with all submissiveness. I do not allow a woman to teach or excessive authority over man, but to remain quiet in the congregation. For Adam was formed first by God from the earth, then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman who was led astray and fell into sin." But women will be preserved, saved through the pain and dangers of the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control and discretion. Now, in verse 8, Paul calls upon the men to lead in public prayer, to come before the Lord in purity and holiness, putting away dissension and bitterness. Paul is saying, drop what is at whatever's in your hands and lift them before the Lord and yield in submission to receive from him. Now that is leading others to worship in spirit and in truth. Men, look away from the flesh to the throne of God where you are standing in truth. Cast away your pride and worship him alone. Lead the body of Christ with corporate dedication of his bride. Cause all eyes to turn and worship. Do not be distracted from your worship. Now this is a command. It carries divine authority. This is God himself calling upon them. And basically what God is saying, you're coming together, look at me. Look at me. Quit looking at each other. Quit quarreling. Quit toiling in your soul with things of this earth. You're in my presence here. You should be concerning yourself with me, not with your flesh. And he started with the men. Do this in prayer. Likewise, he says in verses 9 and 10. In other words, in the same way. Men are worshiping in prayer in the same way. I want women to adorn themselves modestly and appropriately and discreetly in proper clothing, not with elaborately braided hair and gold and per- or pearls or expensive clothing, rather, or but instead adorned by good deeds, helping others as is proper for women who profess to worship God. Now, I will tell you that the Amplified is choosing their words a little differently than some of the other translations. But I'm going to give you what I believe is the meat of the verse. I'm not contradicting them. I'm just saying some of the words they've chose to, to pad, I think, for the sake of the women. So, Paul addresses the appearance 
and appropriate modesty in the way women dress. And Paul is not bringing that up randomly, obviously. There was a problem within the church. And what we need to see here is the root of the issue for both the men and the women. And the root of the issue was that they had determined to live to their flesh. So therefore, what are they presenting at church? What are they dressing up for? These were women who were making a show of their flesh. They were dressing in a distractive, distracting way for worship. They were making a show of their wealth or their beauty or dressing in a seductive way. And in the original language, it says, in adoring apparel. And then specifically talks about braided hair, gold, pearls, or expensive clothing. The word that adorn is in the Greek, cosmeo, which is where we get our word cosmetics from. But what I want you to see is what the word actually means. It means to order yourself. In other words, it means to make yourself ready for worship. Now, these women weren't making themselves ready for worship. They're making themselves ready to be ogled, ready to be uh, adored, ready to be envied. And this is more about, this is more than just about appearance. It's also about attitude. To dress, to be seen is out of order. Your appearance should reflect your heart concerning the worship of God. Paul is not saying we should dress down for worship, but we should dress for him, that is our Heavenly Father. And Paul is writing about a way of dressing that communicates a carnal message. It was seeking to be known according to the flesh. And women are to dress in a way that is becoming to the grace and beauty of a godly woman. A woman who seeks to honor God above her flesh. Now, in this particular culture... The Ephesian women would make a show of their jewelry and wore huge gems even on their heads, displaying their wealth and attracting attention. Writings of that era described extremely elaborate hair braids that would incorporate gold and gems and pearls and sit high on their heads. In fact, these writings describe that the prostitutes were taking the lead on this, and they wore lavish costumes, which society would imitate as stylish. Sound familiar? Just like today, we let the world and the godless dictate modesty and style. Theirs was a gaudy and overdone look designed to attract attention. Now look, I'm going to say this right up front. We don't really have that problem here, okay? But it's... We're an expository church, and this is where we are, and we're going to address it, and we're going to address it in the light of the new covenant, and we're going to address it in truth. And that is the whole of it. Okay? The women of the church were looking like women of the world, and unfortunately with similar motives. Also, there was a great contrast between the wealthy and the poor, which again drew attention to the flesh and set people up for envy and comparison. And when the people of God live to their flesh, there is very little distinction between the world and the people of God. There is a balance that a godly woman gets. Now listen to me. There is a balance that a godly woman gets from a yielded soul. And that 
that balance causes her to dress, to reflect her intention, to honor God. He said, let women adorn themselves with godly character and humble demeanor. That's basically what he's saying there. First Samuel sixteen seven, and Samuel speaking of the Lord speaking to Samuel concerning choosing a king. And he said, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. It's talking about one of the men standing there. For the Lord sees not as man sees. For man looks at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's where we begin to prepare ourselves for worship. Now, we know that we've been given a new heart. And it aligns itself perfectly with the truth of God. It is already before the Lord in worship. It is the soul that is cluttered. In fact, when, we have, when Jesus talks to Peter and he, he goes around and washes the feet of the disciples and, and he gets to Peter and Peter says, no, you won't wash my feet. And he says, look, if I don't wash your feet, you won't have any part with me. And he says, oh, well, then wash my whole body. And he says to Peter, well, you don't need your whole body washed. You need the part that has trafficked in the dust of this world. Well, folks, that's your soul. That's your soul. That's the part that needs to be prepared. Do you quiet your soul before worship or during worship? Do you quiet your soul in reverence before the Lord? Do you demand its attention in truth? Now, that's not just about women. That's about all of us. Now, we're not going to institute a dress code here. We want everyone to come and find godly character and the presence of a spiritual worship. They used to say, and I remember this, that the clothes make the man. That may be true for the carnal. I say that let the clothes reflect the heart of the wearer. Verse 11. A woman must quietly receive instruction with all submissiveness. I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet in the congregation. Now, that word quiet that the Amplified is using is actually in the Greek silent. It is silent. And if your translation says silent, that is the correct way to translate that Greek word. Silent. Quiet dumbs it down a little bit. Okay? Now, ladies, I really want you to see the Father's heart in this. I don't want you to be deceived. This is not a restriction in that it keeps you from something better. This is a blessing that will bring fulfillment to the role that God has given you. Women are to be learning, a desire to learn, to grow, to know him. Less desire to be seen and heard and more desire to learn. This is speaking specifically about growing in truth, not attaining degrees. Women are to be educators with a natural ability to teach. Now this is true of women. They are a natural helpmeet, training and guiding children, providing loving balance for men. They are teachers in the home. And the Spirit of God is speaking specifically to women here. And he is saying, I want to teach you. Come receive the word of God. Quiet your souls and learn. Now he's saying, I want the women to learn. Now, I know commentators have said this is in contrast to the Judaic and pagan systems that kept the women down and didn't teach them anything. But it's more than that. 
We're talking about God himself inviting women to learn. To come and learn. Why? Because their role is of such strategic importance. What they do is so important to the body of Christ. So important important to future generations. It should not be cast off as, as being demeaning. It should be embraced as being the very glory and blessing of God to them. And He has given you the capacity to know. He's given you the capacity to understand. He literally says, I want to communicate to you. And it's not just about the women who have children. It's their expression and their life. It's with the people that surround them. Even with others' children. It's bigger than that. Look at the verse. The Spirit of God is inviting the ladies to learn from Him. Women are to be learning. This is true of women. They are teachers in the home and the Spirit of God is speaking to the women specifically. I want to teach you. Come to receive the Word of God. Quiet your souls and learn. And the verb here is present tense imperative and that makes it a command. He's saying, this is what I made you for, ladies. To learn, to grow, to be nurtured. I made you for that. Again, The Spirit of God is declaring His intention to teach you. God is determined to teach women because they are the nurturers of His children and other women. The word learn is the Greek word from which we get the word disciple from. God wants to disciple women. The early church was all about discipleship. We've talked about this. Teaching and exhortation. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.